right, welcome once again. Uh, this is Dr. Robert Marks from University of Miami School of Medicine, retired. Uh, even though I'm retired, I'm active with a number of stem cell research projects uh, and uh, pathologies. Uh, this is now podcast number six in a series we've called Controversies in the World Today. The controversies I will discuss will begin today with gender identification. Now, that's going to raise some eyebrows to a lot of people. But believe me, there is no insensitivity meant. There is no racism meant, no culturalism meant, no misogyny meant. This is pure scientific fact for you to consider as you go forward with your opinions by this. Okay, so gender identification is my title. Uh, it was once easy to tell a boy from a girl, a guy from a gal, a man from a woman. We mainly used our auditory and visual senses. We assessed voice, hair growth, hairstyle, body shape, and even clothing amongst other features. If we were still uncertain, we would just ask the person. It was no big deal at that time. I grew up in the 50s and the 60s, and that was not a big deal. Today it is. It's just not that straightforward today. Today, there are cross-dressers, as you know, transvestites, those who've undergone sex change surgery called gender reassignment which I would better call gender camouflage. There are also those who identify with a gender other than the one they were born to. And there are those who just don't know what gender they are and they're called non-binary. How does one make any sense of this? I think we need to resort to pure biology to determine the actual gender, the sex of an individual. Now it's interesting to know that the dictionaries of the 1960s identified gender as the sex of the individual, male, female. Today, the dictionaries of today define gender as those sexual identifications that the individual wants to be or, or feels that they are. So you can see that the definition is changed. It's a little bit like cheating. Now, if you've been a Star Trek fan, you may want to go back to uh, Captain Kirk. He was portrayed as a man who always get out of uh, troubles with innovative thinking. He was the only guy to uh, ever beat the Kobayashi Maru in the, uh, the test that they had for all the candidates. It was a test that no one could beat. Everybody failed. And the Academy did that so that he would and all the candidates would have to deal with failures so they could assess how they would deal with failure. Well, he rigged the computer system so that he could pass it and he won that little um, test. He was the only one to do that. But that's cheating. And that's what's happened with the definition of gender. We've changed it to suit the woke concept that uh, people are not really the same sex that they're born with. I personally think that that's wrong. Okay. How do we determine the actual gender of an individual without being insensitive or insulting them? Well, one could do DNA chromosomal testing. If the person has two X chromosomes, as you know, that person is a biologic female. If that person has one chromosome that's X and one Y, that person is a biologic male. One could also take an anterior-posterior X-ray of the pelvis. If the pelvic girdle is wider and flared out, it is a female. And that was evolutionary developed to 
accommodate pregnancy and to bear children. If it's not flared out, that's a male, no matter what that person says they are. There's, there's actually another way, an innovative way, uh, to determine whether a man's a male or female without exposing them to an X-ray, without doing chromosome testing. That method is to give the gender unknown individual $200 and a shopping list of two items. If the person returns in under two hours with those two items and has changed, that's a male. If that person returns in more than six hours, usually eight or more, without the two initial items, but with many other items and an invoice for more than $200, that's a female. Again, without intending to be insensitive or insulting, this attempt at humor identifies a developed gender difference that is true. It is well known that men do not like to shop, and I'm a man and I do not like to shop, and that women enjoy the process of shopping. Men shop, women, or I'm sorry, men buy, women shop. The roots of this go back to our ancestral roots and are hardwired into our DNA through evolution. Now, you may not accept that at first, but listen, listen and bear me out. Archaeologists tell us that our Homo sapiens species migrated out of South Africa between 50,000 and 60,000 years ago and fanned out into Europe and Asia. At that time, the Earth was in the midst of its last of the five known ice ages, and the Neanderthals were already present and not too thrilled with our presence. Food and shelter were not easy to come by. It was a rugged living for everybody, Neanderthals and Homo sapiens. Game had to be hunted. Plants had to be gathered, caves had to be found, and predators such as cave lions, mammoths, and um, bears, steppe wolves, etc., were all too anxious to use the recent newcomers, Homo sapiens, as a new and very valued food source. Survival was a daily effort, and it was not assured. So early Homo sapiens had to adapt. One of the first adaptations was to bind together into groups that progressed into bigger groups called clans, and finally into bigger groups later on called cities. Uh, they had to do that early on to be more efficient in obtaining food, uh, building shelters, identifying caves for their protection. Our archeologists tell us that they adapted into a hunter-gatherer society, if you will, and that expanded their abilities to obtain food and shared the workload. Because the men were generally larger, had bigger bone mass and bigger muscle mass, they were relegated to hunt. The women who were smaller, less bone mass, uh, and were required to bear young and oversee the children, became the gatherers. And that is how our archaeologists tell us early man survived through the last ice age until agriculture came into being approximately 10,000 years ago. So these early cavemen went out with a single purpose in mind. They had to find and kill game. They learned to target young and injured herds of antelope and urox, which was a precursor of today's cattle. So they focused in on one. They had to kill it and bring it back. This focus and goal is even somewhat repeated in today's cultural terms of bringing home the bacon, and putting meat on the table. We hear that all the time. That began that long ago. The early cave women were the gatherers. 
they had to go a distance from the safety of their caves as local agriculture was neither refined or even developed at that time. We're talking about 30, 40, 50,000 years ago. Uh, they went out likely in groups. They talked together to communicate aware of what was what. They compared things together. They gathered whatever smaller animals that they could uh, gather, uh, but mostly they gathered edible plants and plants with some medicinal value. They tested each plant, often by feeling it and tasting small amounts. A mistake by bringing back a toxic or a deadly mushroom or a leaf such as nightshade could be catastrophic to them as well as the whole. Misassessing a poisonous plant such as poison ivy or poison sumac for one of medicinal value would be of equal catastrophic consequences. So this was no small thing. Those females who took their time, sampled many options, assessed their culture choices well, and brought back sufficient amounts for the clan, were selected to mate more and to thrive. They continued as did their clan. Those genes and traits were passed on generation to generation. The males who brought back enough game necessary for their brain and muscle development, as well as that of their clan members, were also selected to continue. Over the first 50,000 years to the very present time, these traits were refined and perfected. Those individuals and groups who did the best at this type of focus were selected by evolution to continue as well as to continue those traits to modern homo sapiens today. So today, these millennium home traits are seen in the patterns of today's hunter-gatherers and defines us as many of the same as our caveman ancestors. Men seek out what they want to buy. A shirt, a tennis racket, a burger, a beer, a fishing lure. They buy it, bring it back, and use it. Women want to find out what try on clothes, and of course, to try on shoes. They reject what doesn't appeal to them and bring back what does. It's no small coincidence that this is, has a historical background now applied to a modern society where there is abundance, for lack of a better term. So to conclude, today we are products of our own evolution, no matter what we would like to think. We are male or we are female and we can dress ourselves up, we can sexually uh, act different, we can uh, have surgery and hormones driven into us, but you cannot change your chromosomes. We are still hunter-gatherers, adapting to a new environment, one very different from what honed us over the past 50,000 years. So to conclude for now, I'm going to the fridge, get out my favorite Dr. Pepper and a bag of chips, and I plan to sit in my man cave, watch football all afternoon while my wife is out shopping. With that, once again, I hope that a little bit of humor and a lot of facts cause you to think about gender identity. Good day for now.